Okay. Hit that note for me, Ray. Hit that note. I mean, not what? the dab. Ah! Yeah. Mm. That was bad. That oh, was, was Ray good. With the, his new hot surprisingly song. good. Booty yeah, I didn't desk. warm up at all, and I'm in a cold basement. That really hurt my throat. You don't need a throat to, to cast. What? Joe will back me up. I won't. Don't. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> No, no, I'll start it. I'm waiting for Ray to be done tweeting. Yeah, I'm proofreading. How do you use hashtags? Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Overwitch. It's a weekly gaming podcast where we talk about Overwatch and then another video game and compare the two specifically in terms of what's worth your time. And just, it's going to be a wild ride, so strap in. I'm your best friend, Joe. I'm T. I'm Ray. Um, first up, what's new in Overwatch? You know, it's been about one week since I've played Overwatch. That's a lot. Like five days, honestly. I played Overwatch today. Okay. We're adjusting. Um, but I I played Overwatch today and I just hated everything about it. Played some some double wow. Q. Yeah, no, with, with our buddy, and it was just a bad experience. Then Joe joined us, and I just hated everything about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we lost every single game. We, I oh. lost every single game I played Jeez. today, and it was like seven games total. So I was just in a bad place afterwards. Were you using McCree? No, no I was joking. using I'm healers joking. and tanks because <laughs> no one else would do it in quick play. I, you know what? I yeah. found out after like being into this game for as long as I have, I don't enjoy being the tank anymore. When I first played the game, it was a lot of fun. And that's because Roadhog was 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 very much more killy, and uh, did you, you know, play Roadhog? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not my favorite role. I will say that. I don't know. It's like definitely my least favorite role. I don't I, know. I know how you feel. I mean, I remember that's when I when I got into Reaper big time. That was when I dropped off of liking tanks. Okay. And then I I stepped back up into it, but. We say that tank is our least favorite role, but I think it's because no one ever chooses them, and they're very necessary to the group. And it's oh, really yeah, hard huge. to play as a solo tank. Yeah. Um, I was watching Ray play some D.Va today, and it's so interesting because... Um, I, was, I was trying to group up with them and everything. Yeah, exactly. You, you play so much... like it, It's interesting because as a tank... I, I'm always trying to push the front line forward and create as much space as possible. And as a healer, you're usually trying to stay as far back and safe as possible. And you were playing so conservatively and you were getting punished for it. And when I play healer, I'm always playing way too aggressively and I'm getting punished for it. So it's 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 interesting to see like how difficult it is to change that mindset, especially when it's not something that you've really ever practiced of getting in there and using to... your big health pool. Okay. I was going to ask if you were telling me to get in there. Maybe yeah. next time I play a tank, I'll just get in there and hopefully my healer knows nah. to just 
I do. I trust you, usually. (laughs) That's true. I have trust issues. Spoiler. Mm. So maybe that's you are a control freak, and that's why you need to be the healer. I get it. I'm Ray, the most control (laughs) freak of the podcast, and Ray's not a control freak. Everyone's a control freak. That's it's a. I'm saying. not a control freak. Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> what do you What do you mean? <laughs> what have you been up to in Overwatch, Joe? Um, not a ton. We haven't played very much. A good portion of our competitive team has been very busy, and I have enjoyed playing Overwatch with small groups less and less as I play more. Like the the less time that you've put into the game the less important it is to have friends with you and the higher you get up, like the more hours you put in and the more, the more, the more hours you put into this game, the more time you're spending with people who have put a lot of hours into this game. And those people are not always well socialized. And the more you get up there, the more you run into shitty toxic people. And it's really hard to play this game without, uh, having some friends with you at those higher ranks, but mm-hmm. it's still a fantastic game, and maybe I should just make a Smurf account. Who knows? Gross. <laughs> no, all those don't, skins you'd please. have to reget. Come on, dude. Have you um, ever seen them? They're blue and small and creepy. Yeah. Once I get every skin, every aesthetic item in the game, then I'll, then I'll make a scarf. There you go. A scarf. There, there, there you go. What have you been up to, Terrence? I've wanted to play Overwatch. I will say this. Joe's right, like, being in the six tag makes a whole world of difference, and it's a lot more fun, and almost so much so that if you aren't playing with that six tag, you don't want to play. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. So this is this is to to you, Kyle. A word of warning. <laughs> oh, we want hey. to all play with you all the time. So okay, stop just, having a life. I don't want to just start drama on this podcast, Too but late. I'm about to start some drama on this podcast. Right. Kyle would throw that right back at you. Ray uh-uh. saying, I don't want to start drama is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, I'm Ray. I'm the drama causer of this host oh trio. Okay, so long story short, we all need to be in a six stack in Overwatch and we haven't played because all our friends are busy currently. And there's not really a lot going on in the game right now, right? Like, uh, the Lunar New Year's over. Brigitte is on her way, still on the PTR, getting changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she'll be dropped soon, and we're excited for that. But it's kind of a lull right now as far as what's going on. I mean, Overwatch League is still going strong. Uh, apparently some new... Even more uh, drama. I don't even know. I don't even want to get into it. Let's not just get. Uh, Let's I, not get I, into. There's a bunch of politics and a lot of shitty people surrounding Overwatch League oh, and esports okay. in general. And if you're one of those people, stop it. <laughs> there's Please. another way. It's there's it's just, it's, there's it's just a lot enough, easier and a lot nicer to be a cool person. So do. There's that just instead. enough bad people. If like, you you're agree not help, with you're us, you're not different by being awful like that's nothing new and it actually it's it's getting old so the new what's new is being cool and awesome and you know congratulating your team when uh your mercy dies over and over again like it's okay (laughs) if if you agree you aren't defending her so hmm yeah or if you have if you have any suggestions or just want to say hi tweet at us please um just (sighs) 
Just just throwing that out there. That this has been over which. <laughs> I guess Ray's done with the show. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying if you have thoughts on the esports conundrum, yeah, let, let if, us you, know. if you want to have a conversation, I'd love to talk to you about let's it. Let's have a conversation, but I don't think this um, is the place for that. But Joe did say that there's a lull in Overwatch and Overwatch-related news. And you know what that means, my two co-hosts? No. It means it's time for an... I know it. It's time for an over-characterization. That's not what it's called. Yes, it is. Until you, whoever you are, gives me a better name. Anyone, please help me. We can call it Bacon. Everybody likes Bacon. I mean, it's time for, for some bacon. So. <laughs> uh, this week's bacon is on Torbjorn Lindholm, our favorite turret builder. Well, there's Symmetra. Our wow. t- favorite turret builder. <laughs> 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 no. Um, Torbjorn, where do we want to start with him? Well, let's, let's start with his moves, as usual. Actually, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll... we usually start with the backstory. <laughs> yeah, with the backstory. I was just thinking about that. Tell us about tell us about Torby boy. Torby boy, he's Swedish, as he tells us in the game. Uh, he was Overwatch's engineer, and he's known for his weapons and designs of his weapons even before the Omnic Crisis hit, which we haven't talked about that either. It was basically a big war between humans and Omnics. Uh, and then during this time, now an in- Omnic is um, like somebody named Nicholas who eats everything you would think so based off of the words but it's actually the robot people and the the sentient oh, robots robots the artificial, artificial the world of overwatch forms. cool as robots uh, is derogatory for omnic they are that's true um they In are our artificial terms, life forms that's what they are okay synthetic life forms yeah uh, this is about Torbjorn, not the, the politics on. and culture Tell of the world. Tell me about Torbjorn. Sorry uh, for trying to add a little no, no, flavor no. to this fucking you, mess. You, what mess? Can you tell me what it's called? Bless this mess. It's called. You were supposed to say over characterization. I was not. I will never. That's bad. During I, his, I'm, my ears are ringing. My ears during are bleeding. During his time in Overwatch, Torbjorn participated in something called Operation White Dome. Uh, we learned about this recently with some lore drops that happened uh, with Blizzard. And during this event, he and others were taken to Istanbul to deal with some Omnic forces. So Istanbul, in, though, not Constantinople? I read Istanbul. Istanbul, not Constantinople, now. Are you making a It's a reference. reference, and you should understand it. But is it a song? It's a song. Is it Go Go Bordello? Hey, no. host, uh, b- b- listeners, I don't, I don't get it either. Okay, know. yay. Uh, in the battle, he lost his arm, and that's why he has a claw hand now. Uh, but he was saved by Reinhardt. And so while he was re- receiving medical attention, he sent a letter to his then-pregnant wife, Ingrid, asking if Reinhardt could be named their daughter's godfather and that he would also name that daughter which everybody is assuming is Brigitta just because she's coming out and this lore drop just came up recently but I don't know if there's any confirmation on that but that's really sweet it is really sweet okay so Torbjorn is like a five foot three um muscle ball with a, yeah. with a he with is a muscle ball. and um, is it confirmed that he drinks lava in yes. game he does, so yeah, why do, not? Do Swedish people drink lava? That's is that a delicacy? Never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> in the current 
day timeline. <laughs> uh, he's 57 years old. 57? He looks has, good for 57, actually. Still kicking. Yeah. He has some number of children and some number of grandchildren. They, they well, just recently... He does recently... not love more than his turrets. He loves his turrets more. Confirmed. Yeah. His... My baby. And one of his official children is Brigitta, the newest playable hero that's coming up. But he is currently traveling the world. Uh, his wife to... has great genes, just saying. Uh, and he's trying to stop his inventions from being used for evil and chaos. Because after the Omnic crisis, they were either stolen or hidden away by him. And he doesn't want that those things getting used for, for nefarious purposes. So during his adventures... Uh, he stopped his old friend Sven from using an Omnic Titan, Titan to destroy a city, and uh, and that was in one of the comics. And then he also found and protected the playable character Bastion uh, after he ran into him in Sweden while a number of police were trying to destroy Bastion. And what's interesting about the Torbjorn Bastion interaction is that uh, Torbjorn saved Bastion from these police who were just about to destroy him because he saw Bastion was a peaceful Omnic, which was very different from what he saw during the war from this model. So they're not really friends, but like there, there's something pretty interesting going on there because Torbjorn does not like Omnics at all. Um, but that's that's our favorite muscle ball turret maker, Torbjorn. So, so. If Bastion could, do you think he would join Overwatch or no? I, mm, I don't think he would want. They would want to, but I yeah. think they would. For you think the, they would? Yeah. For, for the peace. I and feel like I feel like they the would world. try to keep him under wraps, though. I feel like they wouldn't yeah. want anyone to know. Well, here's one of my biggest issues with the current like Overwatch lore. Like the present day is such a mess compared to. All like all the past events, the yeah. like the stuff right I mean, now is so unclear sense. on it, what's it makes... going on. Okay. The best well. stuff we're getting is stuff from the shorts and like recent comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, we like... actually don't know where it's at. Actually, we do because what we're seeing now, like I would say, what is current and recent is uh, Tracer and Winston's battle in the museum for Doomfist Fist. For sure, so, uh, it was like put, all the shorts. It was... After yeah. that, I I assume are current day mm-hmm. things happening, but yeah. it's yeah. such a mess so, where all the well, characters I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand. Assume, yeah, okay, okay. Well, because Winston puts out the recall and yeah. and says, "Hey, Overwatch is active again." And like at the end of May's short, we see we see her chasing the beacon, and Reinhardt was called in in the mm-hmm. Honor and Glory short. Yeah, yeah, so, right. Overwatch so I think, is I being think, reactivated. Yeah, for something. I mean, Right. Meanwhile, Talon is deal- doing things. And yeah, Doomfist which is why, just... which is why over. And well, Talon yeah. wasn't. And Talon wasn't around during the Omnic Crisis, right? Uh, f- Talon Company is just the pissy kid in the drama class who just <laughs> wants everyone to fight with each other, and is like always starting shit. They said you were fat. That is what Talon Company is. <laughs> and Reaper is the perfect wrong. face for it. Joe is he so is, not wrong about this, though. Because a lot of them are, like, Blackwatch members. Well, I say a lot, but, like, there's Reaper, there's Widow. Uh, That's it. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so, Torbjorn. So, as a playable character, he is a defense hero. He's he's one of the two builders in the game, unless you count May, which I don't. So, his, uh, first of all, his 
passive ability is called Scrap Collector, which basically every like slowly he generates scrap, which is uh, carried in a bar. Uh, he can hold up to two hundred, um, and also when any hero, teammate, enemy, or himself dies, a scrap pile of 15 drops on the ground at that point. And if he's able to collect it, he can get it. Um, and for every 50 scrap, he can press E to throw out an armor pack. Um, healers first. <laughs> um, it gives 75 armor to anyone who runs over it, and that armor is depleted before health but after shield so it goes really well with someone like zarya or zenyatta who have big uh shield pools he's got a rivet gun which has uh its primary fire is like a long range arcing shot that does 70 damage so it's it's decent um it's actually the same damage as mccree's primary fire um, and then his right click is uh, like a shotgun blaster, the rivet gun. It's one of the only. It's one of the three projectile attacks in the game that has damage drop off. He also has a hammer, which he can switch to. Um, the hammer does fifty-five melee damage, which is above the normal amount, which I believe is forty. It might be thirty. I think it's forty. I think it varies. Doesn't it vary? No. Um, no. There's just a Are few attacks about... in the game that do a different amounts. Okay. Okay. Um, but everyone's base, I actually think it's 30. And then the hammer can also be used to upgrade his, and heal his turret, which he can deploy with shift. You can only put out one at a time. When you put it out, it's level one. Does not do a ton of damage, fires very slowly. If you hit it five times while it's at full health, it'll upgrade to level two. A level two turret <laughs> can be upgraded to a level three turret by using Molten Core, which is his ultimate ability. Molten Core is crazy. It makes the turret a level two turret into a level three turret. It increases his rate of fire and his hammer swing speed. It also gives him 300 armor. It makes him an insane little fireball that is really hard to deal with. You can you can just momentarily be this crazy tank, and it also makes the turret way more deadly and way harder to de deal with because it suddenly pops up to 800 health so i believe that's his entire move pool so i guess um what about the how, other, you talked oh, you talked about uh how much armor they get from the armor packs yeah 75 right? yep. 75 okay. and it goes on over over the health so unlike brigitte who heals for 75 and if somebody is at full health then that 75 will go over into armor but that armor is temporary torbjorn's armor is persistent um so, Terrence. Yep. How would somebody playing Torbjorn use all these abilities to their advantage on so, the playing field? And how might somebody counter him? So, Overwatch um, has been getting pretty good with making their characters very niche. and Or niche, however you would like me to say that. Um, and Torbjorn is definitely one of those characters that is not is not the best option for every map, but a really important option for a lot of maps. And with his setup, not only is he supposed to basically be like a blanket over your team that just makes it so much more deadlier in multiple ways, his position in the team is to basically make it make it harder for your opponent to get their, to their objectives, make their objectives harder to claim. So if you are protecting a point or, or you know, a zone or a payload, uh, setting up your turret in a place where it can make sure that your blind sides are covered, 
it basically talking about that blanket that makes it really hard to penetrate your team while at the same time giving off armor packs that is almost like another blanket that makes just your whole team harder to kill um his gun his primary gun is not like not one of my favorite primaries it's, it's very awkward compared to everybody else's but i mean it makes sense he's shooting chunks of molten like metal at you which i mean mm -hmm. it acts it acts as such you know so it has that drop off and um I mean, for for the right person, he is very satisfying and it feels good. And headshots with him, for some reason, feel particularly good. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if somebody is to counter him, A, Sombra, my goodness, Sombra, she, she's making everything hard to do now. Like, she is becoming unbelievable. We're not talking about her, but she is a good counter for him because when she hacks his, um, his turret, Oh, well, when, that's fair. When, See, when I would say the exact opposite. I think that Torbjorn is a really good counter to Sombra, and I also feel like Torbjorn is actually stronger now that Sombra is stronger. Her EMP really? deactivates the turret. Okay, then But outside of her EMP, uh, the turret tracks her. As soon as she becomes visible, she's taking damage. She can't hack anything. Yeah, that's she can't true, do but enough her hack damage. does. And she, her hack did come out faster, so I don't know what that relationship Hacking Torbjorn like. doesn't really do much to him. Yeah, like, that's true. I mean, if, if he's already in, if he's already on Molten Core, it doesn't stop. Uh, he can't mm -hmm. put down a turret, but generally he's already going to have one up, and he can't put out new armor packs, but again, that's something that you really usually take care of most uh, between battles, like during the mm -hmm. lulls. So. See, but I, but I mean, like, I, I do agree with that, but, you know, Sombra's EMP and her ability to hack um, is 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 a huge thing now, and having that as one way that you can get to the shield and not have to worry about, uh, get to the turret and not have to worry about placement or shields mm -hmm. is, is yeah. really important. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it, it, to a good Torbjorn user, the turret is, is, hard, is the hardest thing to get to, which makes everything difficult, you know? Like... It, the only way you'd be able to get to it is not only not being targeted by your teammate, by the enemy team, but at the same time finding a way to get behind the shields that they're using to find out, uh, you know, without getting noticed. So I think her, be, her being able to be invisible before she uses EMP is a, is a huge thing. And yeah, it's her alt, so she can't use it all the time, but, you know, that's really important. There's not really too many ways you can get to it. Um, a lot of people like to do the bombardment tactic, but one thing that doesn't work is finding a Torbjorn who's at his turret. Ooh, like you're dealing with the turret's damage you're trying to take him out or the turret and he's healing it so it's like it's like a scaled fight that you can't win and maybe that's and that's definitely not one of the best tactics you can do with torbjorn but um you know there's there's it's like you can't be direct when taking out the uh, turret so finding ways to to deal with that is really important although it's not easy he's about as easy as it, most of the other characters where it's like it, the more you know, the better it is to use him. And he may seem simple in theory, but mm -hmm. there's so much to him. There really like, is. Yeah. No, for him particularly, knowing more about him is knowing exactly where he fits and knowing that he doesn't fit everywhere, like, at all. Yeah. It's really important to know when and where to use him because there's few game modes that he is valid during all of the phases, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so that, you know, that's important. But, um... Uh, yeah, Torbjorn is a great character regardless, and, and map awareness is huge for him, especially, too. I mean, you should always be learning the maps for your team, but it's probably the most important thing for Torbjorn, is knowing where people can appear and where you can get your turn. So, that's that's what I'm saying about Torby. If you're going right. to use him, put as much time in him as you would, you know, Roadhog or... or uh, Any other hero. Any other to character. To learn yeah, them. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. for sure, definitely. 
Oh, also, he's a defense hero, in case we forgot to oh, mention yeah. that. Okay. I did mention that off the okay. off of that. He okay. can be used on attack, especially on uh, payload. Um, mm-hmm. It can be really frustrating to deal with a uh, level 2 turret on a payload with, like, a, hiding behind an erasive area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's It can be frustrating to try to, like pick off the healers and pick off the the back line while that turret is constantly constantly yeah, uh-huh. peppering mm-hmm. you with damage um but but generally uh-huh. speaking he's much better at holding a position than mm-hmm. pushing forward because mm-hmm. right. his lack of mobility makes it so that you have to be able to like you yeah. you can't moving around is not an option for you like yeah. you he got is you got slow have a place. and he is fat he has a big head <laughs> hitbox like he's he's short but he's like this little round little easy oh. to shoot thing so you really have to be prepared for attacks and be ready to be ready to defend yourself um because there's not really much of a get out option for him except for molten core which works yeah. every time and it charges uh-huh. really yeah. fast so yes it does um so that it's, it's a really damage. powerful ult <laughs> And I think a lot of people underestimate it. And yeah, him. it's definitely one of the better ones. Definitely one of the better alts, for sure. All right. Um, so that yeah. is Torbjorn Lindholm. Our complicated, both in game and in lore. Yeah, and he also says a lot of weird shit, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to get into that, but I I think just quoting him wouldn't have done him justice. You're making but, a like, chicken out of a feather. But like, let's not buy the pig before we open the bag. is is a very good line. And what let's, does it even mean? It means let's not jump to conclusions. But let's open the buy... bag. What bag? Why would the, the pig, pig is be in, in the, bag? the bag. Let's not buy the pig before we open the bag. So we have to open the bag first and make sure the pig's in there. And, and make it, sure it's, it's a, a good quality a pig. Good pig. What yes. pig is in a bag? Anyway, this has been overcharacterization. <laughs> That's not what we're calling it. And after yes, that, we're going to, yeah, there's not really much else to talk about with Overwatch right now. Um, next week, I'm sure, will be a more fruitful conversation. But for now, we're going to move into our review. Take it away, Ray. Hey, welcome to the review section. Terrence, what game are we doing this week? Uh, like, how many? How many alphabet letters are in this game? We're doing the twenty-third installation of Final Fantasy. Close. No, it's gotta be (laughs) more than that, my friend. Actually, now I want to know. Can somebody look it up while I talk about Dissidia Final Fantasy NT for the PlayStation Four and Arcade? Wait, I thought you asked me if I if I was going if I was going to tell them like what game we did, but you well, you you segged Wade so good for me. Okay, well, <laughs> people of high importance need to be supported by others. Thank you. You are correct. Uh, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, and I'm gonna call it NT from now on, or Dissidia, is an arcade fighting game based off of the Final Fantasy franchise. By Square Enix. I always said Square Enix. I always said Square Enix Enix till the day I die. Square Enix. um, And it was published, or it was developed by Team Ninja, and then it was published by Square Enix and Koei Tecmo. Quick question. 
do Kingdom Hearts count as Final Fantasy games? No. No. If the city no. does, then I feel like all right. They're but definitely gonna has to have Final Fantasy in the title. Yes. They're, you know they're gonna include Sora though as mm. DLC later. I, anyway, let's let's start with this. Um, the Dissidia franchise is basically a fighting game that started on the PlayStation Portable back in the 2000s or something, and it had two games, and then this third one decided to come out in arcades in Japan, and it's a 3v3 fighting game in a 3D environment. There's then, a 2005 mobile game called Final Fantasy VII Snowboarding. Go on. No. <laughs> what? Yes. Let's review that instead. Yeah, so that game is a first-person shooter. <laughs> That involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the game, the arcade was re- game was released in Japan in November of 2015, and then the PlayStation 4 port with extra features was released uh, in January 2018. So there was some time lag there, but people asked for it. People wanted it outside of Japan, so they did it. And I'm pretty happy about that. See, I'm pretty sure this is the third type of game that game that they use this uh, style with, where they're putting Final Fantasy characters against each other, or the main characters in Final Fantasy against each other. And I, I haven't seen one for console. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they came out for PSP, right, exclusively. Yep. And um, no one had a PSP. I mean, maybe you guys did, but I bought not one me. exclusively for Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep. But wow, that's so worth it though, too, right? <laughs> like, yeah, my game, favorite Kingdom Hearts game. That game is so good. Oh my Checking goodness. in again. Do Crystal Chronicles games count? Final Fantasy Crystal no. Chronicles, right? Is it? Fi- yeah. No, it's not called Final Fantasy. It is. Yeah, no, it counts. It is. Oh, gross. Okay, that's a lot of games. <laughs> um, so Final Fantasy, what did you call it? N N T N X N N T N T. Okay, Final Fantasy. Uh, NT is pretty much what you'd expect out of uh, the Final Fantasy characters fighting each other, but um, they totally took out the whole strategic, well, a large portion of the turn-based like aspect that a lot of Final Fantasy games are very well known for, but they do keep all the things that you love, like summonings, like characters, like they have intros that they, that they say when they enter the battle. And um, every, as far as I'm concerned, every character feels really, really different, and that is a huge hitter with me. And mm-hmm. um, I, especially them taking a lot of work into making some of the characters who are basically um, too too rough to actually make out who who's who in their in their copies of their games, and and taking it to a whole other level by giving them personalities that you didn't even see before. So I think that's a really cool thing that uh, Final Fantasy has done. Um, for the, sure, um, expanding on like the little pixels and mm-hmm. like giving them all yeah. individual move sets, like yeah. James said, mm-hmm. is uh-huh. pretty impressive. Yeah, even the so there's there are <laughs> characters and wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait! Oh my god, no way! <laughs> I just Joe. got a message from Joe. It's very important. No way, Joe! No he way! He said there's 72 Final Fantasy games. Oh my god! At least, um, <clears throat> depending on how you count. Ah. So there's more if you consider. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm still on this. Seventy-two, you guys. Uh, 72. We did it. We made it. We got there, everyone. 
We were making fun of Assassin's Creed for having a lot of games, but... I thought I was being generous. I, I thought I was being generous. <laughs> Joe, Holy cow. finish your thought while I pick up my pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the cast list com- is comprised of a lot of main characters from a lot of different uh, Final Fantasy games and their counterparts, so like the main villain well a main villain mm-hmm. um you'd be kind of surprised by some of those selections yeah but so i, I like, want to clarify I, sorry go on uh, it's all the major numbered games and then a couple others right, right. now <laughs> yes right now so not final fantasy 7 snowboarding but actually final fantasy 7 <laughs> right but there's like a tactics character and uh, people from... right so for the most part the yeah. cast list is made up of main characters and and main villains um, for instance, I started off because I'm basic as hell, um, pretty much playing only Cloud uh, from Final Fantasy VII, because he was the one I was the most familiar with. Shut up with your gross. Did you ever I'm play sorry. Final Fantasy VII? Did you ever play Seven? All I right. Just want, I played so, Super Smash Bros. Okay. and he was in so, that too. Mm, that oh stood and used Yeah, and he was dumb in that anyway. <laughs> Does Smash Bros. count as a Final Fantasy game? Yes, he was dumb it's in canon. that. Anyway, uh, so you can also play as Sephiroth, and they're both Vanguard-class heroes, so I was expecting them to, to feel almost identical. Um, they really don't. They, there's a lot of differentiation even between those mirrors, let alone between different uh, games and different character sets, so I was pleased with that. Yeah, um, so, oh, go ahead, Terrence. Uh, f- so, Chechu Becha is in the game, and I think that that is a weird... From, I don't, and I'd like from, to know from Final Fantasy X, and I'd like to know. Um, checked, <laughs> checked is his name. Who? Jet. Jet. I legit yeah. thought you were talking about the Fairly Odd Parents character. <laughs> and I was. He is in the game. You didn't he, see him too. <sighs> thought it was kind of odd that they had both him and Chechu Betcha. That was kind of weird. But um, that's a really weird character, and I think he plays with the ball. I thought it was Waka when I saw the ball get thrown, but I was like, please don't do that. This idiot. <laughs> How dare you? But, They're um, both blitzball players. He's a blitzball player. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'm just so glad it wasn't Waka. Like, I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> I was but, hoping it would be Seymour, but to keep the Oh the my god, Seymour would same. be so yeah. cool. I oh, mean, goodness. Yuna was in the second game, and they really thought about including Seymour in that one, and I'm like, why not? Simo also, this is an arcade so cool. game, and they're planning on releasing so many more characters as okay. DLC. So, so because good. it is an arcade port and not like a straight made-for-home uh, fighting game, there are some hinky-dinky stuffs. So there's not. You can say characters. things I hate. I di- I don't. I hate. I, don't put words into my mouth. I'm putting words in my mouth. <laughs> okay, no, 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 you no, you no, talk, no. right? <laughs> I spent like, you know, four minutes counting every fucking Final Fantasy game in existence, but you go ahead. Continue. (laughs) You deserve it. Did you say the F word, Joe? No, what? Fantasy? Fantasy? Final. (laughs) Faraga is the word that I was talking about. Language. Go ahead, Joe. Um, Give me your gripes. I don't know. I. I don't know where I was. My gripes? Oh, no, I wasn't even going to talk about my gripes oh. yet. I was just going to say that there are some things that are weird because of the fact that it's an arcade port, such as 
well, I mean, maybe this is just an outdated concept in general, but there aren't any unlockable characters. The cast list is set from the get-go, and there will be DLC packs, which will have more characters, of course, because welcome to video games. Um, and I, I am exasperated, and I am bummed out by that, but, you know, that's the way it is. Right. So, but the cast list that they do, that they do have is large and varied and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow it's smaller than the second game, I think. Um, because the second game included a... L- uh, no, I could be wrong. But, like, no, this, this cast is definitely bigger, actually. <laughs> so forget that. Uh, I want to talk about how the game plays, since it's a 3D arcade game, with, and it's 3v3, and that's not really something you see a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, like legit sitting in an arcade in japan with two of your friends while fighting two of uh, three other people like yeah. i don't know how that's possible but japan everything's can do possible it. in japan yeah uh, but the moves are pretty standard um you know there's like you press o to do an attack and then doing the directional buttons do different types like it changes up the attack yeah there's there's some variation uh, to your different types of attacks, but there's not enough for it to be overwhelming. Yeah, so, and there's also stuff in the air you can do. Um, so there's ground attacks and air attacks, and the same, you know, directional inputs uh, apply in the air, but they just do different attacks. So that adds a lot more variety, because I was worried that, because it's an arcade game, they took out the customization of what kinds of moves you can do from the first two games, but there's still, like, a not a huge pool, but like a decently sized pool of attacks that each character has and there's mm-hmm. variety. So like you can find a play style that you like. Very, yeah. Very um, there is a really cool, I think balance between the amount of stuff that's the same between characters. Um, so you don't have to relearn entire move sets every time you want to try someone new and individuality that like, it definitely feels like, you know, you're not going to be necessarily good at a new character um, or even everyone in the same class just because you were you were good at like like just because I can play Cloud doesn't mean I can play Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in terms of the characters, there's technically four different uh, class types. There's Vanguard, which are basically the frontal attack tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, assassins, who are the fast, speedy you know uh high damage high speed people marksmen who are basically the long range mostly magic users but i Mm -hmm. think there's a couple you know like physical marksmen and then specialists and there's only a few of them and they're just kind of like specific niche characters that are kind of different from those other classes for whatever Mm -hmm. reason and I think that they're they're split up in an interesting way. And, you know, there's, like, a rock, paper, scissors thing to it, in theory, where, you know, like, marksmen are good against Vanguard because they're s- slow and, like, tanky, but they can get hit easily. Mm-hmm. And assassins are good against the marksmen because they have to be at a range and the assassins can close that gap easily. Except and then the Vanguard's always going to win... Well, not always going to win, but usually going to win a one-on-one fight with an assassin. Right. So, but that's not always how it goes, but that's, in theory, how, like, you shouldn't play the game based off of that, but that mm-hmm. system is, de- there's a light system. You can feel it. There. Mm-hmm. Terrence, what you up? 
played the game recently, more recently mm-hmm. than me, I think. What what did you like about it? So, um, a, I, you know, I'm always looking to see like how 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 much of me I can put into the game, whether whether that means me getting a character that um, doesn't play like any other character, or me being able to customize them, yada yada. This game does a lot of that stuff. I realized that there is a way to customize the character's appearance, which I find really really awesome because like the fact that this game even exists kind of is kind of like exciting you know like mm-hmm. uh all all the all the main characters from the numbered final fantasy games getting together and, and brawling it out is is definitely my cup of tea and um not only that but i picked up a character who uses cards as mm. his fighting style and right away i'm like yes Yugimoto, epic um <laughs> I did not I didn't expect something like that. And I know a lot of the earlier Final Fantasy games, you could customize what char- the character's class almost. I know that that was a big thing. So I, I was kind of curious on how they were going to tackle or make the characters that different, especially the characters that come from those games mm-hmm. and what they were going to do about it. But it seems like that they're pretty locked on a style that they fight, which I think is really cool. I prefer it just because it makes the characters feel more diverse and unique and it feels like the type of game that you can dedicate a bunch of time to learning a character and it not be wasted and that's really huge with me as well um this game seems to really be targeting a lot of the things that i enjoy i will say though and this is just a result of it being from older final fantasy games i do wish the cast was more diverse in the sense of either it is a uh sexually questionable character or uh or the caucasian guy or the caucasian girl and you know that but that is just the result of you know like that is the final fantasy cast but um yeah no it definitely uh targets a lot of the things that i look for in in most video games and i it being a j it being a japanese like style open fighting game kind of uh turned me off at first just because uh, I've played games like um, J Stars versus Plus, where it's that's pretty much like taking all of the Shonen Jump anime characters and putting them up against each other, and it is cringeworthily like stale. Like their movements, their attacks, it doesn't flow well. This game seems to be be pretty good. I feel like they took um, they took their recipe that they did with the more more recent fighting. Uh, Final Fantasy games, the recipe for combat, and use that more, as opposed to taking their animations from, you know, older games, which I was really afraid of them doing because the characters seem to be alive. Although I will say, the fighting is about as slow as I expected, but I thought that that was going to be more of an issue, and that's what I mean. They they did a good job of making it seem natural with how slow they attack. Like yeah. when yeah. Sephiroth attacks, he'll like wave his hand a lot for a little bit, and that'll be a bunch of slashes. And then he'll do it again. And me, you know, I'm smashing the square button or circle or whatever as quickly as I can. But, like, I feel like with more time, it'll get more comfortable. But they definitely did a better job than I expected them to with that. So, Yeah. Can I talk a little bit about the combat? Yeah, I was going to ask you to do that, actually. It's really interesting. I have, I've never seen a system like this before for fighting games or really any video game. And, I, you know, once I got used to it, I actually really kind of liked it. Um, so basically, yeah, you're, you're in teams of three, and every character 
has a max health by default of 3,500 hit points. They start off with 1,000 bravery points, and um, they have basically two types of attacks. There's HP attacks and bravery attacks. And every time you hit somebody with a bravery attack, you gain bravery and they lose the same amount. Um, so uh, you you slowly build your bravery by doing this and you avoid taking damage as well because then you'll lose your own bravery. And then when you've built up enough, or if you want to straight from the start, you can hit square to do an HP attack, which is a much slower, more deliberate, heavier attack. That's how you actually deal damage. You'll never deal damage by only doing bravery attacks. However, they're a lot harder to hit with, so the idea is that you want to build up as much bravery as you can um, and get somebody into a position where you can hit them easily with a high-powered HP attack. Um, other strategies are hitting them with like medium-powered ones and like letting your teammates finish them off with other medium-powered ones, and so it can get really interesting how it all works. I usually just ended up smacking people with bravery attacks until I had enough, and you're... you're um, Bravery numbers will glow purple to indicate that you have enough bravery stored to kill your target in one HP attack. Um, so I just look for those purple numbers and hit square. There's other stuff about the combat too, but that's the basic system. And I think it's really interesting. If you run out of bravery, you don't die or anything. You're broken momentarily, which means that you can't deal um, HP attacks and you have to wait for a second while your bravery comes back. And if you keep getting hit with bravery attacks, you or you just keep getting tossed around while your opponent is charging bravery. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really interesting system and the way that the push and pull works of it, um, especially with the with the teammates because uh, matches often start up with everyone going and pairing up and like you know I'll fight him, you'll fight her, and then you know suddenly you might get stabbed in the back by another enemy if you're not if you're not paying attention and that 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 can i think in theory lead to some really interesting battles and really interesting strategies mm -hmm. yeah no For i sure. i wish that the three of us got a chance to play together and actually like coordinate mm -hmm. um but yeah. I wanted to mention real quick, the way you win the battles is killing and incapacitating oh, your right. enemy three times. Right, sorry. So if you if you do land that HP attack with enough bravery to knock them out, they basically have 10 seconds to respawn, or they automatically respawn, and that, that team loses one health. So there's always, pretty much, three fighters on the battlefield, um, but you, you only have three feints per side. Um... It's also the case that when you respawn, you can respawn basically wherever you want. So you can use that to kind of like uh, ambush an enemy, like that, because you're invisible while you're respawning. So you move around from behind them and then just, you know, slash them a couple times while they're doing something of their own. There's also a summon gauge, but it's not, it's, it's more technical and I don't really want to go into yeah, it. Yeah. The summons just kind of give you buffs and then when you summon them, they give you other buffs and they also mm -hmm. attack the enemy is right. essentially that. But I mean, but, it's definitely cool that they included that. That's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, they're a really cool part of battle. I don't yeah. know why the cutscene has to play every goddamn time. It's like 10 seconds in the middle of battle. It's just like, wait, well, you got to watch this cool thing that you've seen a million times probably. While hearing but, your character whatever. scream a line about yeah. the summon. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's it's great. Um I want to talk about the story 
and then get into some of my issues with the game as much as I love it. Um, that wouldn't by any chance be connected to you talking about the story, would little you? Little bit, would it? little bit. <laughs> stop, stop looking at my my um my sheets here, my my notes. Um, the story is pretty bare bones, standard, good versus evil, cycle of struggle kind of thing. It it jumps off from the first two Dissidia games, where basically there's two gods at odds with each other and they're using the final fantasy heroes and villains as their pawns and to me that's pretty messed up regardless of what Mm -hmm. you think about the the gods and the characters and you know the characters think that too so like the plot is more complicated than just good versus evil it's actually figuring out how to you know stop this cycle of violence and actually get home But the story, you don't actually play a story mode. It's more of a... uh, They're not all cutscenes, but there's like a little map. They're mostly cutscenes. They're mostly (laughs) cutscenes, but there's a couple battles. Uh, uh, There's a little map where you spend Memoria, which you get from leveling up by playing the game. And you you get to watch a cutscene, and it branches. And sometimes the scenes are super short. Sometimes... They're really long. Sometimes you're in a battle and you're like, oh, it's time for a fight. And it warns you. Mm-hmm. But I, it's cool that you get all these nostalgia factors from the cutscenes between the characters. Like, because they, in, in the lore, they, in the previous struggle, they always lost their memories. But now that they beat the first struggle or something... They retain their memory, so they know each other to an extent. So it's cool seeing them all interact and be like, hey, we're kind of friends. And Cloud being like, whatever, I'm going to go walk away because that's Cloud. And that's also half of the, the emo punk characters. But... The cutscenes are kind of lackluster because they they come so they don't come so often. It's just every here now and then. And then the story, I haven't finished it, but I'm like I don't I care more about just seeing my characters mm-hmm. interact more than seeing what actually happens. Right. So it's weird because the story is not great. It's mostly cutscenes. It's mostly not even gameplay. And you can't even like play through it like you have to you have to play other game modes whether that's fighting bots or fighting online in order to upgrade your player level which unlocks the memorial that was ray was talking about which is a resource you use to unlock the cutscenes so you can watch them right. and it's a real shame because uh i i got i was able to unlock one uh story mode battle and it was actually some of the most fun that i had while i played the game um, in that battle, I I was having a tough time, and our side fainted twice, and then I came back and fainted them all three times. Hey, hey. And it was a lot. It was like okay, like I really got to buckle down and figure out what I'm doing here. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really weird system. It's really weird that they would bar it off and be like, you have to play the game for a certain amount of hours before you can play all of the story mode. Yeah. Well, the, here's where I want to remind everyone that it's still an arcade port, and like the yeah. story wasn't in the arcade version. Right. They legit threw this in for the the port remake, which mm-hmm. you know I appreciate. I really do. Um, when you keep that in mind, it's just like, really, guys. Like, 
like yeah. people will complain about it people won't but it's like you just have to keep in mind like this was originally just a 3v3 arcade game in japan and enough demand got it across the seas and even included a story mode yeah but that doesn't mean i have other issues with the game um uh there's a lot of connectivity issues right now with playstation network and i don't think it's just us i think it's legit like they're just having network issues but they're still in their first six months so i'm being a little lenient six months (laughs) well first three months actually because it came out in january no i mean like is that your is that after six months you're like if this game isn't perfect it's no, it's uh, after six months, if you haven't figured out your connectivity and network oh, issues, okay. you're doing an online fighting game. Please I mean, figure this out. Lenient. Yeah. Because Joe and I wanted to play uh, against actual people, and we were both experiencing lag, and Joe dropped out of a battle, and it was really frustrating, and I just didn't want to play any games for the rest of the day. It was a really sour note. Cause... Yeah, because... so. We we tried playing online twice, and we had two distinctly different issues. The second time we played online, we did get matched with a third person, and it was actually shaping up to be a pretty fun game. Um, immediately, one of the assassins on the enemy team ran at me and hit me a couple times, and then I hit them back. And uh, in like, I was like, okay, this is real, because we had been just fighting bots forever. Um, and then the game lagged out the first time we played the two of us were in a group and we were looking for a third and um we were waiting for what would you say probably about two three minutes Ray. yeah we were and then we were like well that's i mean that's a lot of time there's no there's no timer there's no time out and then we realized that we could not leave that screen there's no option to say hey cancel because I don't want to be waiting forever. So you literally have to leave the, the game and close the application in order to get back into the into yeah. the gameplay. So I understand that it is an arcade port, but like putting in circle button functionality right there probably would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's my last and biggest gripe with the game. There's no tutorial for characters. It's just basic tutorial. Um, on how everybody operates and like standard moves, but there's nothing telling you what how Cloud plays versus how Kefka plays, or how you know like because they're all very distinct and there's no explanation of what their moves are, and you know it's an arcade game, but like I feel like they also should also the include... tutorials are garbage. Yes, just but just saying. <laughs> I feel like they should include a detailed tutorial of like character moves in the game. That, mm. that would make me a little happier. Terrence. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate this game? I don't hate it. Okay. Why would somebody play this game? Um, okay. Uh, I think somebody would play this game if they are looking for a new... Uh, uh, I, I, I would think for the same reasons why I would play a fighting game. The, it has a diverse cast. Everybody plays differently. You feel like if you uh, spend enough time on a character that you sync with, you can get really good with them, and it won't be like a waste of time. I also feel like people will play it if they want to do that three-man queue style because not many games have that. Yeah. 
It, yeah. Like, that, that is pretty specific, uh, particular. And I don't know. I, I really enjoy that. I mean, I think that this game, I think that this game can, can do some crazy things. And I think that uh, if they keep updating it and, like, doing because there's some solid quality of life things that they really, really need to address. But I'm sure if we're complaining about it, people are already complaining about it, like, a billion times more on Reddit or something. And um, I feel like after, like, give it, like, and I don't want to say give it a year, but, like, next year, that that game, I feel like, is going to be really, really awesome and, and, go, and going places. Yeah. I'm hoping know? it's going to end up somewhere very good by next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Because, like, I think I'm not going to play it until next year. Like, I'm going to wait a bit, maybe play it here and there to just level up a bit my characters. And then once it's actually solidified and things are good, I'm going to hardcore get in that paint. All right. Joe, why would somebody play this game? Um, I didn't love it at first uh that's a nice way of putting it until and honestly until i was like watching terrence play it a little bit and he got really excited when he saw the cast of characters and he was having he was having a ball despite <laughs> all of the bullshit um yeah i think this game has so much to offer it's kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. it's got the three-man mm-hmm. queue which is unique it's got the bravery system which is unique a lot of the stuff about the gameplay there's a lot of customization and like higher level stuff uh, that you could really get used to and sink your te- teeth into, and it's really cool on paper. It's if you want a new fighting game experience, and or specifically something to play competitively with two of your friends, um, then this is a great choice. Um, except that it isn't because there's connectivity issues and the menus yeah. are. Well, I mean, I guess you could get used to the menus, but like. I mean, I spent a few hours with the game, and there, it, there's just so many things about it that were so, in my opinion, mishandled, yeah. and um, that that kind of soils the whole, whole experience for me. Are you sure it's mishandled, Koopa? Oh my goodness gracious. I didn't want to talk about If you about... really love somebody yelling in your ear every three seconds, then you, you, should, you, would, you would love playing this game. It's time to summon your summon, Koopa. Uh, Ray, Ray found out, like, Koopa. fortunately... By the grace of God, you can you can turn off the assistant Koopo Moogle, um, but so it's it's better than Xenoblade at least in that regard. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's uh, a feature where it tells you it's time to attack a core or time to attack your enemy or summon, yeah. and it always ends up screaming. Use your Koopo. skills. Your skills are ready. Use your skills, Koopo. Like, what does that mean? I just find it offensive, frankly. <sighs> I can't believe they're telling me to use my skills. I can't believe Ray. it has the ability to talk, but it is required to say Koopo. I think it's I just understand. force of habit. That's a Why do you think habit. somebody would play this game, Ray? I think there's a lot of fan- Final Fantasy nostalgia factor. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I That's why I the wanted to get it. The battle music from Final Fantasy X? The, oh the, my gosh. Oh, um, okay, wait. Before I finish my answer, there is a mobile game called Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia, which is a prequel to this game, and it's a turn-based game. Go get it. It's free. Um, it's on That's iOS. Cool. Uh, I think it's the nostalgia factor. The music, which you can buy like a bunch of music with in-game currency to play over the oh, battles, cool. and you can customize playlists for each character. 
that nice. you're playing. So like, That's if really you want to cool. get in there with lightning, you can get in there with lightning and have her theme playing. It's great. Lightning's so cool. Um, I think I honestly think that if you're not like super into fighting games, once they fix a lot of the issues, this is a great fighting like gateway fighting game. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's not that difficult. Right. And like the, the it's, moves... it plays it, it plays a lot more like I it's very chess like. It's a it's yeah. a numbers game as much as it is a fighting game, which I really love. Yeah. Like once you get past like all the issues, like at its core the gameplay is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um it is. It is. Opinion, and it's it's limited. It's it's such a shame because it, it takes you know, it takes like three minutes of menu for ninety seconds of gameplay. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 rough to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, the older games, you know, you could customize uh, a lot of your bravery attacks and your HP attacks. In this game, the bravery attacks are set, but your characters, each each character individually unlocks different HP attacks as you mm-hmm. progress with them. Which I think, awesome. it's a nice touch of customization still. And, yeah. like, we haven't even talked about the, the buff and debuff skills that you have that yep. you also unlock to help your team. Which, like... There is customization in this game more yes. than I expected for an arcade there game. There is quite a lot, especially for an arcade game. I don't even know how yeah. they manage that. But um, <laughs> uh, but, but it's also not overwhelming. Right. So Learning about this stuff might be overwhelming, but, you know, if you're w- yeah. willing to do a wiki, Wikipedia dive, then you're, <laughs> yeah. then you're good. So, yeah, nostalgia and gameplay are my, my two. All right, well, can we answer in unison? <laughs> Uh, oh, is boy. this game worth your Overwatch time? No. No. <laughs> Can I answer in a year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, in uh, one year from now, we will I also like... tag on to the end of whatever episode that is. <laughs> is it worth your Overwatch time now? Because <laughs> I feel like that's, that's our that's our spinoff. Terrence, I gotta get an answer from you. Uh, no, I do not believe it's worth your Overwatch time. Okay. I feel like if I played it more, I, w- I would probably have a different opinion. But as far as I'm concerned, no. Yeah, it, so. and it's a shame. It really yes. is. Like, I am, like, sad that I'm saying no. Yeah. Because I want to say yes. Because on paper, really and the gameplay really is quite good. Um, but yeah. everything else, <laughs> everything yeah. that isn't when you're directly controlling a character just yeah. sucks. I'm... I'm... I'm hoping for a better future. And I think beyond that, it's it's the connectivity and the lack of the lack of uh, variety. If you can't play online, uh, then your only other real choice is to play against bots, and they are not challenging. And we couldn't find a way of scaling difficult. Oh, Ray found it. Uh, not not in multiplayer, but single player bots is actually oh, really tough. Okay. Like I, so there's like a gauntlet mode where you have like six battles, and like so I can't, you can't get... play with your friends yeah. and have yeah. fun. You can't <laughs> actually press circle out of that menu either. Like yeah. when you're in the yep. gauntlet battle, you can't. I can't yep. get past battle three in those gauntlets. Like they're <laughs> tough. <laughs> Don't you and me? That, no, that was PFFT. But Final like Fantasy Tactics to me. Okay, this has been the review. Don't. Play this instead of Overwatch. Yeah. Sad face. Overwatch Sad is just face. a lot better than that game. Yeah. It Square, is. come on, come back. Come you got on, this. Baby. 
You came so fix up it. with make a make a re-release. I don't give a shit. I would I would buy a re-release of this game. You, I'm talking to Square as like an entity. You cru- yes. you released a game, Mister the Square. Mister the Square, you released a game like some twenty thirty years ago that saved your entire company and has become such a beloved series. Do it justice. Fix your internet. <laughs> Fix your internet. <laughs> All right, uh, what do we got up for next week, fellas? We are taking a, a step into the wildlife with Ark Survival Evolved. With special guest Alex. With our guest Alex. I thought it was going to be a surprise. With special guests who shall remain unnamed. Alex. It's Alex. Shit. Alex. <laughs> His last name isn't shit. That was me exclaiming. His last yeah, name yeah. is... Don't. Alex. It's Alex. It's, it's Alex, Alex. Alex. Okay, we're doing Ark Survival Evolved with our, our buddy Alex. Oh, Alex. It's um, like Subnautica, but with dinosaurs and on land. I did we, not know Subnautica was a VR game. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, was, yeah. We'll talk about <laughs> it later. I don't think it is like Subnautica. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No challenges still. We're still workshopping. But if you have challenges... Send them my way. Yeah, if you have any suggestions whatsoever, uh, send them in. And um, that's for games, for challenges, uh, for pretty much anything. <laughs> oh God, I'm being I'm being terrorized. This is not all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> send us a tweet. At Overwitchcast, or send an email to overwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, it's been a treat to thank you for talk being you, you for so long. Yeah. For so long. And use two puffs left in your inhaler, not one. That's helpful information, I, I imagine. Or it's deadly information. I would have no way of knowing. You're not an asthmatic, Joe. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs> this has been Overwitch. I'm Joe. I'm D. And I'm Ray for the second and last time this episode. And remember, you're better than us. For the summer, let's go upstate. Bring uncle, stay with our father. I am not muted. Oops.